The following podcast was produced by Latter-day Radio, originally broadcast on KLO in Salt Lake City, Utah. For more information, visit latterdayradio.com. Welcome to another Latter-day Radio podcast. I'm GM Gerard. Today we've gone deep into the archives and pulled out a piece that we recorded at a Firm Foundation Expo live in September of 2018. The following conversation was recorded with Reverend Lynn Ridenauer, a Baptist minister from Independence, Missouri, who, believe it or not, teaches and preaches from the Book of Mormon. This interview was recorded in a noisy, crowded convention hall, so Please overlook the background noise. We've done our best to clean it up. So, Reverend Ridenauer, if you would please, tell our audience a little about yourself. Well, I uh, grew up in the heartland on the Bible Belt, southern Missouri. Graduated from a small town high school and was called to the ministry uh, when I was 16 years old. So, I went to a Southern Baptist college in Liberty, Missouri, um, William Jewell graduated and got hired at Jerry Falwell's uh, Liberty, then Baptist University, it's Liberty University now, Mm -hmm. and I was on faculty there. Uh, So you have the equivalent of a PhD, it's actually a Doctor of Divinity, is that uh, that how it's described? uh, It's actually a a PhD in literature. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. So anyway, while I was there, uh, and and sadly, I I say this, uh, uh, Liberty University is still today one of the main hotbeds for Mm anti-Mormonism sentiments, Mm -hmm. and I fit into that category. Every student in my class in all of Liberty University was required to take a course in cults. 101, and we use Walter Martin's uh, Kingdom of the Cults as our text. And uh, now I have some wonderful LDS friends, and I tell them uh, jokingly, of course, that uh, you were chapter five. (laughs) (laughs) Look in the footnote. Yeah, but uh, what happened was I got an opportunity to join the faculty at Western Illinois University. Now, I grew up in a small town, and my pastor and my mother and all of our friends told us, stay away from two groups of people, Jehovah Witnesses and uh, Mormons. Don't let them in. Don't buy their material. So I had a very anti-Mormon upbringing. As a matter of fact, my son was a missionary in Nashville, Tennessee, the buckle of the Bible Belt, and he sent a picture once. Uh, of a sign on the Baptist church that says, don't read the Book of Mormon, that's how they get you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Well, so anyway, what happened was, bottom line, God set me up. I got a job at Western Illinois University, uh, one of the five state schools in Macomb, Illinois. My wife's also a teacher by vocation. She got a job just 20 miles down the road from uh, Macomb, Illinois, teaching in a community college in a little town you've probably heard of uh, called Carthage. 
I've, I've heard of that. I've been there, actually. Yeah. And I was pastoring a Protestant church out in the country, six miles from Carthage. That's the background. Here's what happened. I would take my wife to work some days just so we could have some time together. Drive, I'd drive by the jail, really. And I would see busloads of people unloading and touring, and uh, uh, I'm confessing uh, my Baptist righteousness now. But I would, I would pray. I'd say, Lord, save them. Save them, Lord. I mean, uh, well, here's what happens. About a year and a half goes by, and the Lord speaks to me one day, and he says, I want you to move your family to Kansas City. And I shot back. I said, Lord, uh, to use uh, Missouri talk, I said, Lord, that doesn't make a lick of sense. And I told him, I said, look, we're trying to raise a two-year-old toddler. Uh, I'm trying to get tenure track at WIU. My wife's got a job. She's happy. I'm happy. So I ignore the Lord. It's not a good idea. Look what happened to Jonah. Yes. (laughs) And my wife comes into my study. I, I... taught creative writing, so I had a lot of papers to grade. And in and, and my study, I was grading papers. She says, sweetheart, may I interrupt you? I said, sure. Now, I had not said a word. Months ago, the Lord says, move. And he told me where. She says, um, I know this, sound may, or this may sound a bit strange, but she says, I think the Lord wants us to move. Now, she finished the sentence for it. <laughs> and, and then she says, and I think I know where. Now, I know where. The Lord told me where. And, brother, she says, the Lord wants us to move to Kansas City. You could have knocked me out of that chair. I said, look, okay. I told her, I said, sweetheart, I have been wrestling with this for months, but it didn't make any sense. I've never said anything. But the Lord told me Kansas City months ago. I said, that's all the affirmation I need. In fact, I told her, I said, the devil wouldn't do that. He'd tell me to go to Oregon. You go to Florida. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the same city? This is in the mouth of two witnesses. Yes. So I do, just out of sheer obedience, when I had some time off, I get in the car. I drive down to Kansas City. And I say, Lord, I'm just going. And I told my wife, I said, look, I'm going to, re- to resign. I mean, same city. And I'm going to go down to Kansas City and look for a place to live. So I got there, and I had to do some business with a chiropractor. Total stranger. He doesn't know I'm coming. We'd never met. I walk in his chiropractor office, and... I, you'll understand that gentle voice, uh, that impression of the Spirit says, you tell this man you're a Christian. So we do our business. We had some business to do. And I walk out or start to walk out. And I remember, I said, I turned around. I said, sir, I almost forgot why I came. I said, um, this may sound a bit odd, but when I walked in, the Lord told me to tell you I'm a Christian. He said, well, I'm a Christian. I said, well, then let me tell you why I'm really here. I said, uh, the Lord wants us to move our family down to the area, and I'm looking for a place. 
And he says, we have one place left. We have one place left? Yeah, where I live. And I said, uh, where do you live? He said, Harvest Hills. I say, Harvest Hills? I say, excuse me, sir. That sounds Christian. He said, oh, it is. I live in a Christian community. I said, you've got to be kidding. I said, I'm a Baptist. We've never done that. We've always, I'm intrigued by that. Can you get away? And can we go look at this one place? So we went and looked at it. I loved what I saw. I said, we'll take it. I get on the phone, call my wife. And I said, you're not going to believe this. I moved ourselves into a Christian community. I'll be home on the week to preach, or weekend. Now, I said all that to say this. We doing okay? I just wanted to tell our listeners that they're listening to Latter-day Radio here on 1430 KLO, Real Class Talk, and I'm speaking with Reverend Lynn Ridnar, Baptist minister and Book of Mormon believer. Please <laughs> set that up. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, uh, so anyway, we move in to this Christian community, and uh, I'm all alone one night by myself. We haven't been there a week and a half. Somebody, 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 door. somebody knocks at the door. I open the door, and he says, I'm your neighbor. I've come to get acquainted. My name is Dr. Kenneth Brown. I said, well, come on in. And I, I said, are you a medical doctor? He said, oh, no. He said, I have a Ph.D. in psychology. He said, I teach psychology. I said, well, I'm a teacher, too. Come on in. So we visited for about an hour, hour and a half, and he gets up and leaves. Or he gets to my door, and he did or does what I did in the chiropractor's office. He turns around. He says, oh, I almost forgot. Now, he's walking toward me. I'm the only one at the house. So I thought, well, I better stand up. And I don't know if you're like this, but if someone hands you something or has something in their hand and, and they hand it to you, I just take it. And I did. He had a book in his hand. And I, I just took it, not even looking. And then I looked at it. Uh-oh. And, it, and, it, and it, here's what I said in this tone of voice. I said this. I said, sir. That's a Book of Mormon. That's where the title of the book came from. Yeah. Okay, all right. I, I'm now back up. Okay, well, and then I said, sometimes your mouth engages before your brain. I said, but sir, I thought, I thought this was a Christian community. And he chuckles. He said, well, we are, but we also believe in that book. So he leaves. Now, the only thing I know about Mormonism is what I've read from anti-Mormonism materials, all second-handed information. He's, he's gone. I've got the book in my hand, and I would not ever do this now, but I just take it, and I throw it on the floor. I say, and then I begin to ponder what just happened. And I said to myself, he should know better than the fall for this stuff. He's educated. He's a psychologist. I'm going to sit down however long it takes me. I'm going to read this book, and I'm going to knock on his door and tell him a thing or two. And set him straight. You're going to set him straight. 
That's exactly what I intended to do. So here's what happens. I pick up the book. I said all that to say this. With the intent of setting my neighbor straight, I picked up finally the Book of Mormon out of anger and frustration with this Ph.D. psychologist who really fell for this stuff. So I was going to sit down and read it however long it took me and go knock on his door and uh, tell him a thing or two. Well, my testimony is simply this. I picked up the book and began reading uh, 1 Nephi chapter 1, verse 1. When I read, I, Nephi, having been born of goodly parents, I knew. I knew I was reading the divine word of God. I knew. Took you one verse. One verse, the first verse. So I kept reading. Now, though I knew in my heart, this is God's word. I still, I mean, I live in the Bible belt. I have been taught all my life anti-Mormonism sentiments. So I kept reading. I read First Nephi, Second Nephi, and I, I read Alma, and I read Mosiah. I read the book from Nephi to Moroni, and I kept looking for the weird stuff. Where's the weird stuff? Don't have his footnote. Yeah. The weird stuff, page 499. There it is. Right yeah. there. No? I, I was told about you people. And I would run into, I would run into verses like, um, now I say unto you that you must be born again. You must repent and be born again. For the Spirit saith, if you are not born again, you cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. Time out. Sounds very Baptist too, doesn't it? That sounds like John chapter 3. Yes, sir. That famous interchange between Nicodemus and our Lord. But I was reading Alma 5. I got a problem. <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. So I kept reading. And by the time, as I would read, I would find verses that were common, central, Protestant themes. I found verses on mercy, verses on grace, verses on forgiveness, verses on repentance, verses on the finished work of Calvary, verses on the atonement of Christ. And as I was reading, I actually had a Parley P. Pratt experience. I could not put the book down. I was surprised, stunned, gleeful, happy, unexpected in all of these verses. In fact, I'll tell you what I did after I was through reading it. I put the book down and I said to myself, this book is jammed packed. It's filled with cardinal Protestant doctrines. And I set out and I did it. I'm a writer by vocation. I got a concordance. I got myself a hold of a Book of Mormon concordance. And I made a list of all the verses in the Book of Mormon on repentance, on faith, on the blood of Christ, on grace, about seven or eight different cardinal Protestant doctors, and I wrote a booklet 
called the Baptist version of the Book of Mormon. I haven't seen that one. I've got your other book. Do you still have that book? Uh, that, that, that booklet has circled the globe many times. I get um, I get emails from all over the world saying, I appreciate you putting all these. That was the title of it. It's a tongue-in-cheek title, the Baptist version of the Book of Mormon. The subtitle was or is Protestant Themes in the Book of Mormon. And I still have that booklet. Well, my point is, I have a saying. I tell all my buddies, I say, look, in places, this book is more Baptist than the Baptist hymnal. It is. It really is. So the best-kept secret among us Protestants is the Book of Mormon literally is filled with the central core beliefs of the Baptist faith, the Methodist faith, the Lutheran faith, the Congregationalist faith. I tell everybody, this book is meant for Catholics. This book is meant for Episcopalians. This book is meant for Presbyterians. This book is meant for Lutherans. This book is meant for Methodists. This book is meant for Baptists. This book is meant for Presbyterians. This book is meant for the Amish people. This book is meant for Seventh-day Adventists. This book is meant for Charismatics. And I tell my LDS friends, we'll even let you use it. That's big of you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, tell me a little bit. You're not the only one. Uh, you have friends, uh, I believe it's called Restorationist Protestants. Uh, you've got people actually who aren't Baptists, but maybe are a, uh, a, a, a different... Uh, different denomination. Different denomination. Yes. So how many people are in your circle? Uh, we have a core circle of about 70 to 100 people who love what we do. Are these ministers generally? or uh, Some of them are lay people. Some of them are LDS. Some of them are your first cousins are LDS. And mm -hmm. some of them are Pentecostals. Some of them are Episcopalians. Uh, uh, different. And, and we have one objective. I say one objective. Really two or three objectives. We put together a ministry team. I'm getting ahead of myself. Can I back up? You, you, hey, you've got... We've got time here. Okay, let, let me lead up to that. Okay. But bottom line is, we have put together what we call a Believers Building Bridge, Building Bridges Tour. We're going to launch in the beginning of the year, and we're going to go in every state in the nation, arm in arm, hand in hand, heart in heart, as Episcopalians, Baptists, Pentecostals, LDS, RLDS, you name it. We're going to visit Protestant churches, and we're going to share our commonalities rather than magnify our differences. That's so important. I remember what the uh, founding fathers said, that either we're going to hang together or we'll hang separately. Uh, that's and, right. I mean, there is a concerted effort by secularists to shut Christians down, to close their churches, to shut them up. And people uh, have to be uh, brave enough to do what you said. I am a Christian. Right. And, uh, and to stand up for the faith in Jesus Christ. And right. uh, I 
we're stronger together than we are apart. Yes. Let me tell you, if I may, sure. what I love about Brother Joseph, the prophet. This man was, as far as I could read, everything I've read about him, he was so inclusive. He made a statement once. And uh, the statement was a result of him coming to Independence while he was living in Kirtland. Once in a while, he'd go visit the Saints and check them out, see how they were doing. Invariably, mm -hmm. when he'd get to Independence, the Protestant preachers would corner him, Brother Joseph, and ask him a question. And they said, what makes Mormonism so different from our religion? And finally, meaning Protestants, and finally, Joseph, you'll find this um, in your church history. Uh, I think it's volume three. I love your church history, page 30, I think. But finally, Joseph said, look, I'm getting tired of having to answer this over and over, saying the same thing. So he said, I need to publish this. And on May the 8th, 1838, he had it published in the Elder's Journal. And here is what he told those Baptist preachers and Methodist preachers and Congregationalists, Protestant preachers. Here's the words of the prophet. He said, the fundamental principle of our religion is the testimony of the apostles and prophets concerning Jesus Christ, that he died, he was buried, he rose again the third day, and he ascended into heaven. Now, time out right there. Before I quote the jawbreaker, the jawdropper. Let me quote it, and then I'll say it. And then he says, and all other things which pertain to our religion. Now let me stop. I'm a wordsmith. My background is uh, I'm a literature professor. I love words. My wife will tell you I enjoy even reading the phone book. I'll say, listen to this name. I looked up the etymology of the word all. All other things which pertain to our religion are only appendages to it. It's the appendages that we spend too much time on. Right. Joseph Smith, the prophet, just described the essentials of Christianity. And I put it this way when I'm ministering. I'll say, and in fact, I'm going to do it after a while. Yeah, you're going to be speaking. I'm right going to be speaking tonight. And I'm going to quote that. And I'm going to say, is there any person in this room, would you raise your hand? does not believe that Christ died on the cross, would you raise your hand? No hands. Does not believe that he was physically buried in a tomb? No hands. Does not believe that he rose again on the third day from the tomb? No hands. And does not believe that he ascended and went back to the Father in heaven? No hands. Then we're family. We are brothers and sisters in the faith. You say, but what about temple garments? Or what about transubstantiation of the elements of the faith? What about infant baptismal regeneration of the Lutherans? What about what's saved, always saved? What about the closed doctrine? Those are all appendages. They're negotiable. 
Well, that's about as much as we could salvage from the original interview. What I really loved about my conversation with Dr. Ridenauer is that he confirms what I've believed for some time, that people of faith are coming together. They're converging, just as the article last week in the Church News pointed out, about what the highly popular series, The Chosen, has accomplished in bringing believers together. I firmly believe that in this day and age, people of faith either have to hang together or will hang separately. It takes me back to a classroom in 1963 at Skyland High School Seminary. My teacher was John Heidenreich, a former congregational minister from Buffalo, New York. Once he read and gained a testimony of the Book of Mormon, he had to make some serious choices. He had a decision to make. So he prayed for guidance. His answer startled him. The Lord told him that he could stay in his beautiful garden and serve him and keep his parsonage, his retirement, and comfortable salary, or he could come with the Lord and play for higher stakes. Reverend Ridenauer sets a good example for us, and that is not to discount or disparage people of faith or their beliefs because of rumors, traditions, or what we may believe about what they believe. In regards to Christians' commonality of belief, I would like to cite a scripture in 1 John 4 and 2 where it says, Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. I think that summarizes my point, namely that people of faith are converging, as evidenced by the 300 million plus views of the chosen and people like Reverend Lynn Ridenauer. And we hope podcasts like this one help bring people together. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. More Latter-day Radio podcasts are coming soon. From the intersection of faith and freedom, I'm Jim Gerard for Latter-day Radio. This podcast has been produced by Latter-day Radio. Visit latterdayradio.com for more information.